0: Welcome to episode 49 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. This week we caught up with Anand Sharma.
1: He is very well known for his personal website, April Zero, which recently spun off into its own startup called Gyroscope. It's a health tracking app, and he's doing some
0: really amazing UI work and product work. Uh, We caught up with him about that. It's pretty insane. It's insane. He's a super talented UI designer. If you're enjoying the show, if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Twitter at design details fm or at spec fm if you have more concerns about the overarching brand Uh, (laughs) we're always available over twitter we answer pretty quickly i think and uh our dm box is open you can hit us up privately you can hit us up publicly whatever you like Uh, we love talking with you guys which is i mean it's super rewarding so hit us up uh, you can also go to Spec FM and sign up for our newsletter because we're launching some new shows soon we'd love to love to have you guys involved in those and uh, we also have a, another show on the network called developer tea it's an awesome awesome developer show mainly front end jonathan is fantastic the host jonathan it, they're about 10 to 15 minutes a piece just little quick snippets of wisdom developer goodness so uh, go check that out it's a fantastic show subscribe rate that one too five stars and that's at
1: spec.fm.
0: Yes, that. Yes. Before we get into the show, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, Code School.
1: They are back sponsoring this show, making it possible. If you don't know, Code School is an online learning destination for both existing and aspiring developers. So if you want to learn to code, listen up. CodeSchool teaches you to code through actually entertaining content. Uh, They have immersive video lessons with in-browser challenges, so you're actually coding and learning uh, by doing, not just by trying to read articles or anything like that. Uh, They have tons of courses to help you learn things like JavaScript, Ruby, Git, HTML and CSS, iOS. Uh, they also have some elective courses on topics like try R and the Chrome DevTools. Uh so whether you're already an existing programmer or you just want to learn and get started, Code School has something for you. Their courses feel like games. Uh, you can play them on your browser they have an iphone app an ipad app and more than a million people are using these already to help learn how to code Uh, it's an amazing product we are so thankful for them supporting the show if you go to codeschool.com design details you can get more information and start playing courses today
0: our second sponsor is a longtime sponsor dropbox dropbox is the best cloud syncing tool out there it's fantastic it blows everything else away they're incredibly talented at doing what they do and their design is super super invisible which is just the best way to do it in my opinion we use it for work we use it for home we use it for spec we use it for this show and our other show and the new shows coming out that you don't know about yet it's incredible it makes our processes so much easier and so much more in sync thing um (laughs) that was terrible that was a bad joke (laughs) (laughs) It makes it much easier to work together with commenting and quick file sharing, automatic background downloading when you have it installed. um, And you can do multiple accounts too. You can do one work account and one private account at a time so you can have all your files for everywhere in one place. And you can also like remove things from your computer. So not everything has to sync down. You can store things in the cloud. We have tons of episodes just stored up in the cloud waiting because we don't need them all at the same time. So it keeps our file sizes on our computers small. It's great. If, you if you're not using Dropbox already, what are you even doing? Go check them out, dropbox.com. Thank you once again to Dropbox. And with that, let's get into episode 49 with Anand Sharma. What are you working on right now?
2: Um, so I'm working on a company called Gyroscope, and basically we take data and make stories out of it. So one of the ones we're working on right now is Focus on Running. It's an iPhone app that we've been testing out with a few hundred people, and kind of you've got all this data, people are tracking it, you've got a map and stuff, but, so we're, we're taking that and... Trying to think about how do you redesign that? How do you make it into a form factor that you can really communicate with people? Whether it's like on a social network like Instagram or, or Twitter, um, we're kind of really mostly focusing on Instagram right now because there's already a kind of a community and people are already doing that. But um, trying to augment that with more more stats and kind of automation and stuff. So one of the most popular things that that we've been really uh, testing lately that was kind of surprising was this this view where it converts your donuts, uh, your run to how many donuts that would have been equivalent to in calories which I kind of put there as a joke. I was like, someone brought donuts into the office and I was like eating a little piece of it. I was like, I wonder what this is actually (laughs) doing to me. Um, And so I did like some quick, quick calculations. And uh, when we released that, like that was like the most popular thing out of all these other things we worked on. It was like, people really liked just that story. And that it's like a fun, easy thing to communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been really cool. And kind of, we're working on making an app that every aspect of your life, you can kind of easily track and see, see in these views and kind of, more human kind of story parts, but also powered by by data behind the hood, so how
1: long have you've been working on the running app
2: um a couple months now, okay, kind of started as like a side quick side project and um,
1: gyroscope the
2: parent of this yeah,'s been around a little bit longer yeah, so gyroscope is a company we started about a year ago now um and kind of well, originally uh, it's a it's a website right now that anyone can just go on and sign up for. In um, the last few months, we've been focusing on getting our, our mobile stuff out um, and shipped. So that's that's what we're doing right now. So
0: at what point after April Zero launched and got so much attention, did you decide it was a company? I just want to hear was the whole that story, always the plan? actually.
2: Yeah, uh, it was not the plan, actually. Um, it was definitely not the plan that like that was going to be a company. Um, I just wanted like a cool site for myself. And I knew it would be a lot of work. Most people probably wouldn't want to do that. And it would be a lot of work and stuff. Especially ask people, like, make that stuff public. But, like, it was my data, so I could do whatever I wanted with my own. Well, could you back up and say what
1: April Zero is for anyone that doesn't know?
2: Um, Where'd the name come from? uh, So I was born on uh, March 31st, so it's the day before uh, April 1st. So that's been my, like, online handle for about more than maybe 10 years now. A friend and I came up with it in high school. Um, I wanted, like, a domain name, and anything when my name was, like, taken. Um, So I had to come up with something. I was like, okay, this is, like... The craziest thing I can come up with well, There's is like...
0: There's an Indian politician with your name.
2: It's, it, my Google News <laughs> like blows up like every two days in the <laughs> parliament and it's like everyone's hating on me, but it's not me, so um, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but, uh, but so April Zero is, uh, it's like available everywhere. I try to get it, so that's that's been good. Um, but uh, it was a blog. I, I had a blog for quite a while, uh, like a long, long time ago when I was in high school and I'd write a bunch of posts and then pretty much stopped. Soon after that, I just t- didn't have any more time to update that. But for every year I'd like, OK, I'm going to put my site back up and, and do that again. And that never actually stuck uh, until like last year when I was like, OK, this time I'm going to finish it because um, I had like hundreds of redesigns of it over the years, uh, but it was never like quite good enough. Or um, so I think I'd actually been working on this idea for maybe like 10 years and various like iterations and ideas of just like, OK, it's going to be about my life and what I'm doing and all this stuff. with. Like, um, Earlier, the idea was kind of more of like a magazine, and there'd be a lot of curation and stuff. And um, the latest, the latest version, I think the reason it really stuck and uh, worked was kind of there's a lot more automation. So the idea was, once I build this system, I really don't have to do anything, uh, which is very appealing. Because the previous idea was, once I build this, now I have to write. Like, write like 50 posts a week to like fill up this whole thing (laughs) Um, (laughs) 50 posts a week Uh, is pretty aggressive yeah like all these different columns and stuff i want to talk about um but now the idea was hey there's all these apps and all this stuff is automatic and like there's all this metadata out there already Uh, i really don't have to do anything it just kind of all goes goes in there so as i travel as i go places as i come here as i work as i go running whatever it just all kind of shows up on the site and it's all public and in real time so anyone can go on there and kind of see there's
0: a very interesting aspect of that like i went and looked on there and it said three minutes ago he got to garaje i'm like oh like i could literally walk down the street and say hi yeah and and
2: people have done that um but yeah i I had i had (laughs) lunch there um earlier today uh but yeah it was kind of an experiment i didn't really know what was gonna come of it but i figured you know none of this stuff is like that secret you might have walked into garage anyways or if i was like super famous you probably would have heard that on the news or something that I was there. Like, <laughs> there's no like real privacy you're just like a goes to garage <laughs> <laughs> you're just not famous enough for like people to care that that's what you're doing right so but you also share like really it's weird because
1: it's intimate but it's also maybe ultimate. no one would care about and that's like your your blood sample levels and like all of the minerals in your body like Right. All that blood test results you put online publicly.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's all there. People have, like, given me health advice out of it. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. Like, when I first launched, everyone was like, hey, your vitamin D is low. Like, do you want me to send you milk and stuff? I'm like, <laughs> actually, uh, so I, I had lunch with this guy who who I met through my site, and he shows up. We, we went to get burritos. Uh, he shows up with a bottle of gummy vitamins. And he's like, here you go. I had an extra one. And I was like, oh, that was thanks that was really really nice of you uh so that, that i think there might it could be like a future business model there or something but um where you just get free stuff because <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> i'm not sure exactly but show vitamin deficiencies and
0: people <laughs> give you whole meals
2: <laughs> right like if i knew you were missing some important thing and i happen to have a bunch lying around in my house you I could
0: bring it over deal me soylent
2: yes that's it oh there you go um yeah uh brian brian and i used to exchange soylent uh, on the black market <laughs> On the DL a while ago, um, <laughs> but um, anyway, so I la- yeah I launched this site last year in on uh, July 12th. Um, kind of just an experimental. It was only thing. that long ago. It was it was just been a year anniversary. Crazy. I meant to write a whole thing about it, but I did not have time yet. Um, but um, <laughs> story of every. Blog so of it was site. about a three month process from like kind of starting it to building it. Kind of.
0: Is this your blog or all of Gyroscope?
2: My blog April zero. Um, so from from that to like July 12th when I put it up um so it went by pretty fast but i was i was working a lot um and then after that i wasn't sure what i wanted to do i was kind of just traveling around and stuff kind of debating whether i should join a join some company or do my own thing or or what but i wasn't really sure what i want to do and i kind of been doing startups for many years in a row before that so I was kind of like, okay i should actually like take a break for the first time like ever um but after about a week on like lying on the beach i was like okay that was that was fun though Let's like let's get back to work um And, and so basically like from pretty much the the night after it launched, like I was getting hundreds of emails from people who were like, Hey, like when can I sign up for this? I'm like, it's my website. Like that's not a thing. Um, and they were all very sad or like, uh, it kept coming and I was like, Hey, that's kind of cool. Like I didn't realize that many people would, would want or that it would blow up that, that much. Um, and so that kind of got me thinking, I registered the domain name gyrosco.pe just in case, like I wanted to do something with it. Um, all right, right around that time I think or, or right before it launched maybe. And and then I was kind of debating with the idea, but I knew it would be a lot of work to kind of make something just for other people to use. But I think what pushed me over the edge was all this new stuff that was coming out. Um like Apple just announced like the Apple Watch and there's all the tech I'd built on was like kind of cool, but there was like a, a version 2 was going to be like totally awesome. Instead of my random blood levels, it would like they would be continuously updated and all the stuff was like there's companies working on it right now and they're like right around the corner, I think. Um, And so that, that to me was really exciting and like being able to really own that in the future and being this like experience that like everyone in the world, like one day uses, Uh, even if like the current version is like not something that every single one like uh, signs up for the idea of like building that and designing that to me was really exciting um, and worth like kind of building a company around and and working on all all the time. So that that was kind of how gyroscope started. And okay. Like I put up, a little waiting list for people to uh sign up and about like four or five thousand people like over the next month were like hey i'm interested and so that was like enough of a validation of like okay like if i build this people like actually started you start to use it so came back started to put together a team and just like built a bunch of prototypes and started to figure out okay how are we gonna actually like make this happen because it's a lot easier to just build it for myself as like one person and have like heroku scale it but another thing altogether, like have it as a abstract everything both as a company um right separate from any product and then also like a product that like mm-hmm. you can actually have people sign up for news automatically and stuff so both of those are like big challenges on top of of what we already had and then so yeah that was like last year but when you launched
1: it you yeah launched is just like putting it on hacker news essentially right
2: i uh tweeted it out and went to sleep and i woke up and there were like 100,000 people on the site on, on Saturday morning at like 7 a.m.
1: Wait, 100,000
2: on the site? Or uh, like there were 100,000 bits from oh, oh. when I went to sleep <laughs> to when Jesus, I woke dude. up. So there were like a few hundred, I don't know, a lot of people were on the site. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was down yeah. when I woke up and then I had to like scale up the dinos. Uh, but people had posted on like Reddit and Hacker News and a bunch of other places like on, why do you think, on Saturday morning. Why do you think
1: the community went so nuts for it?
2: I don't know. I think it touched, um, I think, well, there were like four or five things I think that resonated with different people um so one of the things was like the blood levels and stuff of like people seeing that i think for many people they were like it was like oh yeah that is like what the future will be like and like how did you do that already and i so i think that was one part of it and uh, other people i think were into just like the animations and the and the graphics and stuff of it um just like hey how is this a website like yeah,
0: it was really intense. I was like, holy crap, it's so performant and it's doing all this crazy shit at once. Like, I don't understand it. I think for many people, myself included, it was the first time seeing this,
1: like, I don't know, futuristic UI built with mm-hmm. CSS, HTML, and JavaScript that, like, totally breaks your preconceptions of what's possible with web design. Right? Like, so many people, and we talk about this all the time on the show, think, you know, boxes and grids and all this kind of stuff. And you're... We're just all over the place, like dots and indicators and very clean, like very easy to follow. But it, it broke this mold that I think had kind of started to permeate the web.
0: It looked like the Iron Man UI, <laughs> but for your website.
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was going for. I mean, it was kind of a, I sort of put in like all the tricks in my book of like, okay, what, what can we do that will like really get people thinking about it and like to, to look at this. Um, So I, th- I think that was like also a big part of it, like just design and the, and the, uh, the CSS and the performance and stuff, and that was probably one of the biggest challenges in like in building it and leading up to that. But there was kind of a lot of underlying tech that just made that good. um And then I think the third part was just like the the idea and the concept of it of like, hey, there's here's a person who I don't know, and I can like see where he is right now and like all his timeline and stuff. And like as I was traveling, and so it was a particularly like interesting month, I guess. Of right afterwards, I like hopped on a plane to Thailand because I was like, shoot, there's like. All these people like looking at this, I like, should like not, it's very should, not should just go get a burrito and then go to sleep. Like <laughs> <buying it. laughs>
0: Does that encourage you to run because you know other people can see it?
2: Yeah, it did it totally. Um which is actually interesting. like I was looking back through my data over the last year and there's like definitely like a big spike in like distance and stuff uh like pre and post launch um, i do like two or three miles like and they would be okay and then like there's a launch date and it's like five <laughs> miles seven miles nine miles uh but then they're like uh, the, and they're also color coded yeah but one of the things they all they all started getting red just basically i started like getting injured so i'd like go on <laughs> these like long elaborate routes and like really kind of over overextend myself
0: how the internet broke you
2: yeah and, and then so i was like oh like, shoot i can't like walk for a month and i was like slower but you know, it was a good motivator. Like, I think motivation is probably one of the, like hardest things to like manufacture and, mm-hmm. and have and stuff. Like, you can have all these to-do lists that tell you like what you need to do or whatever, but like how to actually like be excited to do them is is something that's very hard to produce. Whether it's like gamification or something, so I think having hundreds of people watch you is like oh, probably an interesting way to to build that. But that that was an interesting experience. But I think a combination of those those three factors of seeing like a timeline, um, I think that made that interesting for other people. Um, and then for, for me personally, it was kind of cool to just have a record of everything I've been doing uh, It's like if I asked you what you did like a year ago today Like you probably would not remember unless you were like some crazy person and so that like for me And I don't remember either But like if I looked right now, I could like instantly like remember everything like from that from that day Which is like kind of cool. So
0: when I saw it, it really connected with me. I was using, um, you know, Nick Felton. Yeah, I was yeah. using Reporter at the time. I actually have a spreadsheet of what I was doing <laughs> at that moment. But So when I saw it, I was like, holy crap, this is just the most amazing visualization for the stuff I'm already doing. Right. That was super into
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people already uh, have also been tracking this stuff already, and like the data is all there. But I think like kind of having this level of design on top of that where it's like how do you actually interact with it um, I think is going to be more and more important as like this stuff piles up. We
0: have so much good data, but data visualization is really hard to get people interested in it's not something people want to think about. They're like, okay, I have a calendar. That's a that's about yeah, all yeah. the data as most normal people deal with, right? And half the time it's a paper calendar. Right. God, who uses a paper calendar? <laughs> most of the country? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so I'm curious then you probably have a insider unique perspective on like where this whole quantified self movement, if you want to call it that, is going. Like, do you feel quantified? Do you feel, well, is this a good thing for us like where where can this go where people's lives are going to be markedly better for having tracked this kind of information and and started now you mm-hmm. know with all the technology we have available
2: yeah um i the quantified self stuff is all really interesting i mean i think the stuff we're doing is definitely has a lot of overlap with that um i think you know there's all these things that you can effortlessly just track right now and just turn on and they go and so i think that's just like a no like okay you should do that then if that's possible to do uh, more data is not not ever <laughs> well worse. do you
1: do you catch flack from maybe opponents to this maybe arguing like the privacy security side or especially with some of the like location tracking information
2: kind yeah uh, i'd say location tracking is probably the if one. i think the biggest concern people have is not uh is like battery life um like that's probably by far the biggest limiting factor for like a lot of this this stuff uh it's just like people don't want their battery to die and a lot of these things are like a trade-off of battery life and so that's really the cost of like any app these days is like how much of my battery will that you like you know a few years ago it was like how much does this app cost or stuff like that And like now how much
1: memory does it's like use? how
2: yeah it's like now it's just like how much of my battery will this like take and that's like the currency of stuff so it's like usb ports or like the new banks and like current <laughs> like battery on your phone is like the only thing that like is really like the most uh, scarce resource which is really interesting like, so, you know, tracking your steps or your location and stuff like that uses your battery. Um, but one of the reasons I made all my stuff public was like, okay, like, that's the most extreme of the privacy of like, it's not just existing somewhere on my phone that's like safe, but maybe someone can get to, but everyone can just see it. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, how many people are going to come to, to garage and like hang out? And like, um, so far, it's been pretty positive. I mean, you know, obviously it'll be different for everyone. And and so on Gyroscope, it's it's private by default. But, like I think you should have your own data and, and track it if it doesn't cost you anything, whether it's like you know how many steps you walked yesterday or your heart rate or or what else you did. um I think tracking stuff is like especially if it's automatic is is great, and people think if it doesn't cost you anything is good, but what you actually do with that, well, you know there's people who I know have been like there's a guy I met uh, at the Quantified Self Expo who's been tracking every single dream he's had every night for like like the last eighteen years or something, which is. Crazy. or like other people, a lot of other people I know like kind of have Excel spreadsheets of like all the meals they've had or like coffee or alcohol or something that they're like actively tracking and that's, you know, that takes a lot of uh, effort and dedication, but they care about that data so it's worth it. But like, you know, what you spend actually, how much time you spend actually interacting with this stuff and how, how that, what that process is like is uh, something I think hasn't really been figured out and it, kind of all these things are, are tracking this data and the ideas we'll figure out what to do with it later.
1: And that's where gyroscope come, comes. Um, so in.
2: yeah, now it's it's later, and we're kind of trying to figure it, figure that out. And that's it's that's very much a, a design problem, which is is great because that's that's what we're focused on. Um, but you know, th- there's a separate part of it which is like the hardware and the sensors and all that stuff. Like, how do you just build that and track that? Um, and until very recently, like that didn't exist. So that, it's good you know there's smart people working on that, and that that tech exists. And now we also need, I think, people on the other side of like okay what do you do with like all this data right like to visualize it like what's the whole kind of use case and story behind it um one of the challenges is just getting it all in the same place like that itself is like hard enough to do because there's kind of all over the place and then that kind of gives us the opportunity to kind of design experiences on top of that so one experience is like okay we'll put all this in a website in a timeline that you can look at and share with people and stuff so that was the first first case um but I think in the future, there's going to be a lot, a lot more stuff. So we're kind of starting to explore more of that on mobile. Of, okay, if you have every single thing about you uh, in your pocket, like what can you do with that? Or how, um. but I think a lot of this stuff is a, a very multiplayer experience. Like the power of this stuff is, I think there's a lot of use to yourself as like, you know, tracking and understanding and continuous monitoring and motivation and all that stuff. Um, but a lot of the really, really cool stuff happens like, in context of other people, seeing other people's stuff, sharing, sharing with people. And so, and then, you know, the social is like a very complicated thing. And when you have the people involved, like, how do you, and communicating with them is like most of Silicon Valley is focused on, on figuring that out. So, um, there's a lot of, a lot of design and, and problems to be solved there. And so, yeah, we're kind of having fun with that, exploring, finding, figuring out new things every day. Um, one of the, yeah, one of the recent things we were talking about earlier, like the donut tracker and stuff, like I think, you know, visualizing data and seeing it is, is cool. Like for, for many people, like, with the apple watch like it's tracking heart rate but like until we have people like use our app and could actually see it like you really had no idea what it was or any way to interact with it um so i think just like having access to your data and being able to see it is really powerful and then on top of that like really how do you understand and communicate it and like make it into a story that's not just like a graph that goes up and down Mm -hmm. is like an even harder more interesting problem um which requires like both lots of, lots of data and kind of understanding of that as well as like design on top of that. Um, so both of those are kind of big software things that we're trying to figure out.
1: One of my favorite visualizations is the map where it has like the, the larger, the circle for places that you've been to the most. And you can like see the sky view of San Francisco and like see all the different places you went to that month.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's been a pretty po- So we've this weekly report that gyroscope sends out at the end of every week um it's kind of just auto- automatic and one of the features of that is like a map but kind of shows like highlights of where you were. and so like now that i'm moved to soma like my map is just like a bunch of spots and like a, a three block radius from my house which i don't know what that if that's a good thing or a bad thing Um, uh, but like it, it kind of quickly can i can flip through like every single week for the last like couple of years now which is uh pretty interesting but i think the really cool thing is like all this stuff is very automatic so i think especially with the quantified self, i've feel like there's this notion of like, hey, it's a bunch of people like typing stuff into like an Excel spreadsheet all day and then like parsing it and like wasting all this time. But I think really like if people who build software like do their jobs right, like that's not at all what it is. And it'll kind of just automatically work. Um,
0: so speaking of building the software, right, how many people is Gyroscope?
2: Um, so there's three of us right now, um, me and uh, two engineers. That's
1: insane. <laughs> you guys are doing a lot of work.
2: Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff to do. Everyone's been working kind of around the clock to, to build all the stuff and, and keep it running. But uh, yeah, super, super excited about what, what all we've kind of done so far.
1: How do you find yourself splitting time between some of the design challenges and actually designing things versus having to do like founder company building kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, um, it's tricky. I mean, there's a lot of important stuff um, that comes up. But I'd say probably like your recruiting is uh, is one of them. But um, I uh, I think it kind of it goes in sprints. So it's like, okay, we need to do this thing and then maybe it'll be like a week or two until we can like really crack it. I'm um, just kind of working on it constantly until that's done. Whether it's like designing a new thing or kind of coding and implementing it or doing a launch. And I think that's kind of like the right tempo at least for like a company and team of this size where we're kind of all working together. Okay, we like we need to ship this app to these people and kind of everyone works to get that out and that's now what, now what do we need to do. Um, so last year was kind of a lot more fundamental stuff like... Uh, you know, setting up the company and fundraising and stuff like that. Um, and then beginning of this year, it was a lot of, okay, we need to launch this website. So first three months, we're kind of spent iterating on that, getting that working, kind of releasing that to people. Then after that, it was like, okay, we need to get like stable and scale and fix all these bugs that are kind of coming up from these thousands of people who are signing up. And then kind of once we got past that, it's like, okay, we need to get our Apple watches out. Like we need to build all these mobile apps for it. And so we've been kind of, uh, in the process of that and kind of um shipped this running app to a bunch of people and now we're working on uh this different app that kind of uses your healthcare data and shows your heart rate and all this other stuff um and kind of going back and forth between uh designing stuff and kind of coding building yeah. it shipping it and kind of doing cycles of that
1: it's curious how you got into coding like when that all
2: started um so the first site ever i think that i'd built was generated by photoshop and there was you could like slice it up and it exported like a bunch of uh, tables for you. Oh, but god. I heard I heard tables were bad, so there was a checkbox that did a CSS, which is basically a bunch of absolutely positioned divs and <laughs> where those tables would have been. Oh god! Um, so that was probably the fr- I I I wouldn't count that coding, but that's that your was, first experience with code. That was probably my first like generation of code, and I was I think I was fourteen um, then in, in high school um, working on like this this site. And I was really into photography at the time. So it was kind of like a gallery of my stuff that ended up being like the April zero site. And so I was mostly, mostly considered myself a designer and I would mock stuff up and kind of do that as like client projects. Um, and for myself, uh, but like since I was m- building websites, like they also needed to actually exist. I kind of just like so, some stuff I did, I was like, here's a, here's a PSD or something like that. Um, but a lot of it was like, okay, I need to actually like make this site a reality. So there's a lot of kind of coding there just by necessity and kind of Picking stuff as I went I think it was a kind of good timing of like right when I started tables were kind of on the the downswing the down <laughs> and like if I started a year earlier I would have like spent all this time getting mastering to, tables getting <laughs> to know tables and then I would have ex- or fla- uh, stuck with it for like three or four years and like been behind but kind of like right when I was in there, there was a whole this like css movement kind of led by like zeldman and all these other folks and list apart and all these like cool resources so that was kind of um where I got my start how old do you know 25 point <laughs> oh god. Uh, 25 <laughs> 25 point something point <laughs> 3 something yeah um so yeah this is uh, a little over 10 years ago now um and so it was mostly css that an html that i would do um and javascript was like this like kind of scary thing back then this was before jquery kind of like made it easier for people and i met this other 14 year old kid online who was in in new jersey uh named Yuri and he was like really he yeah, knew a bunch of javascript and stuff so uh, and he was like, okay, design. So we decided to like team up and like work on some small projects together and do some client work too. So that, that was pretty cool. And so he would kind of do more of the heavy duty JavaScript when it was like too intense for me, uh-huh. but I would kind of like pick up some of it too and like be able to do most of it. Um, so over time I started to get better and better than that on my own and kind of pick pick up more of that. Um, we were like running a design agency, uh, two of us, um, doing different client work. So for various things I'd have to like go in and like build while something. you're in high school. Yeah. In yeah. high school. Um, and so like various projects like would sell them like something and like I'd have, the menu would be broken or something. So I have to get going and fix it. Um, so there's a lot of just figuring that out and every year I'd kind of like understand it deeper and kind of go craft have to create new things. Um, but, uh, and then so I started this company called charm like many years later, which was is like
0: 2009.
2: like, yeah, I think 2009 around there. Um, I was like in college at the time and, uh, the idea was it was like a mobile analytics, like a A B testing tool. So was, we were building all these sites and stuff and kind of just like randomly wow. randomly picking uh did I say mobile? You did say mobile analytics. Sorry, not mobile analytics, just analytics. Oh,
1: it's like you're ahead Sorry. of your time, dude. <laughs> it's like billion dollar business right now.
2: Uh yeah. Uh, just the analytics, uh, A/B testing like tool.
1: I was impressed when you said mobile. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> it's whatever. A mobile social, location aware <laughs> um, analytics. So right, that, <laughs> that was my my
2: friend Eric actually built a mobile version of that also. So that I can mix those two. But um, but uh, so Charm was uh basically you have a website and you're like designing and you pick you know like randomly like hey I think this button should be blue, and okay and kind of ship it and that was my process uh until then um and so was, like that you know I. I think I'm pretty good at picking this but like not like foolproof. So like there should be better tools for that. And there weren't really any at the time. People like just started working on like all the current stuff like optimizely. Um so the idea was like, okay, I wanna make one for like designers, that that's gonna be awesome. And so that that was kinda when I got a lot deeper in, in code and like building stuff as well as like thinking more critically about like design and how to how to improve it. And so ended up shipping, kind of building that over the course of a year and shipping that. Um, that was like a big Python app. And like maybe I think like 50 people signed up for it or something. And, and we're using <laughs> oh, it. Oh, man. So there weren't that many. Um, Global launch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so that, that didn't end up being a, a big company or anything. I ended up like kind of shutting it down. But I learned learned that, that was kind of like the deepest I'd gone in like code and kind of invented a bunch of stuff for that like so it was like CSS and JavaScript stuff that like came in handy later and kind of pushing the limits of of what all, what was, all was possible, um, especially with like JavaScript and kind of manipulating like sites on the fly and stuff like that to to test it. By that point, I was like pretty pretty deep and like I had to be able to code pretty much anything I could think of, and so so at that point, I was kind of half design, half half coding.
1: And now you're writing the react native for your iphone apps
2: yeah so so our iphone apps are um are in react native which has been really cool so that's let me kind of for the first time really build ios apps that that work
1: um what's the ramp up process to getting good at that like do you feel quite comfortable already just since it's react or was there another
2: learning curve so i hadn't used react either actually in the past um so it it wasn't it's not really css There's like this CSS looking type thing. Uh, But if you know CSS, it's like not that different. So, and Flexbox. um, So that that part was a lot easier to to jump into. And the rest of it is just like a bunch of JavaScript. And I think most of it is just like understanding their conventions and stuff. So we had the kind of a basic app working that just dumped stuff out. And it's like, okay, I had to Flexbox everything around to kind of exist in like a page, which is pretty easy. The hardest thing for me was like putting commas and brackets around everything because it's like a like, JSON array, not actual CSS, <laughs> yeah. and, like, putting everything in quotes and stuff, which is, like, kind of a weird experience, but, um, jumping into it was, like, pretty easy, like, okay, I want this to be read, like, I just changed, like, it, coming from CSS and JavaScript, it's, like, a very natural thing, um, but it, it took, like, a few weeks to kind of switch, like, mindset into, like, knowing that, and then, like, just getting used to all the silly little bugs. Like I think, like, development and programming and, and building stuff is mostly there's understanding how it works and the the syntax and spec and stuff but most of it's like memorizing like the hundred like most common bugs that you're gonna like run into (laughs) yeah like undefined is not an object what does that mean like and just like or like uh okay like on press is like a is camel case and if you don't do that then the whole app is not gonna work and like you just need to spend like the first like two weeks like getting stuck on all these things and like figuring them out
0: bashing your head against the wall until it breaks through
2: yeah, and there's like all these like common issues like okay, oh, have you tried like restarting Xcode cuz like it doesn't always update. <laughs> and like silly things like that, right? Like that's not uh, actually like yeah. any part of like the the languages, but like to actually build stuff like that's really what you need to like learn and pick up. Um, and that just comes from like over time. But I'd say like about 2-3 weeks into that, it was pretty good. Uh I liked that I could kind of use my own text editor and stuff instead of like spending much time in Xcode and stuff like that. So that was cool.
1: By the way, what did you study in school? a bit
2: of everything okay so not like you didn't do It's <laughs> a very answer. non-specific answer <laughs> i studied uh dinosaurs and uh a bunch of other stuff what okay <laughs> dinosaurs and space travel why now. did you leave that <laughs> uh well that's not space turns out dinosaurs that's, are the way that, to go it <laughs> turns out that's not like an actual major that's just like a, a random set of classes that i thought were cool what's yeah. your major just your dinosaur movies in the library <laughs> what's your major dinosaurs um no i I went to ucla for three years and kind of studied a a assortment of things that i figured one day would help me take over the world space dinosaurs (laughs) dinosaurs (laughs) that's a good way good (laughs) method of conquest so a lot of that was like pre-med classes and like uh, psychology and like life sciences and stuff and then a bunch of it was like architecture and art history and theater and then a bunch of like space travel and, and evolution of dinosaurs and stuff like that um I think it all ties together, uh, but I haven't figured out quite how yet. <laughs> <laughs> huh. but, uh, it connects road. by being
0: literally the entirety of everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but almost every like random obscure thing like that I did like has come in handy at some point. It's been kind of crazy. Even dinosaurs? I think so.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Okay, cool. So you're back at Gyroscope. I'm curious. Um, there's, of course, Fitbit just went public, and they're doing a ton of like wearable stuff and scales and then of course the apple watch so like what are you excited about in the hardware world that is going to make your life a lot easier putting the software on top of that
2: yeah um i think all those things are great like i think the prevalence of all these devices and people actually having them and having the data that gets generated by them is awesome that's kind of the premise that we're building this whole thing on is that like you have your weight and your steps and stuff and you need to figure out what to do with them. Um so people need to go out and like buy these things first. Um That seems like a
1: pretty big curve for like customer acquisition on your end,
2: right? I think so. But I mean a lot of people, you know, all these things are big companies that have sold like millions of units and sure. stuff. So they're out there, like people are already doing it. Sure. Right. And th- so but I think like the idea that these things are getting better and that they're kinda getting more and more and more detailed data with every every generation is is really cool for us. Because that's, you know, it ends up being the whole, that's the whole part of the experience, right? Like if your scale doesn't actually upload your weight, like that's not our fault, but like that ends up kind of impacting everyone So all these things need to really work very seamlessly to have that full like end-to-end experience. So it's, yeah, it's really cool. I think kind of these big IPOs and kind of big companies getting into this stuff and doing well are going to kind of lead more and more companies to to start focusing on this space. And like, you know, the next next generation of sensors that track everything about you.
1: Do you feel like the Apple watch is a little bit of like a rallying cry kind of coming from Apple to say like this is actually something
2: that's really important?
1: I mean, they're not even doing too much, but just like the heart rate heart rate stuff step tracking activities stand up all that kind of yeah stuff. i
2: think so i mean one their their own hardware for for that and then two i think you know HealthKit as a store for all this stuff mm-hmm. where other apps and other sensors can like put all their stuff like one of the things we have to do is integrate with like apis and stuff and like we random every random thing that comes out like we're not going to like go set that up and add that as an option so like it's kind of cool that all that dump, dumps into HealthKit. like i just got a sleep tracker and like that just goes into HealthKit, so it's not like another like more work for us to, to add that um so the kind of the, the hub, these kind of hubs forming that you kind of connect to has been really cool. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to cause more and more startups to focus on this kind of sensors and hardware and like, okay, seeing that like Fitbit's doing really well. Like that's like a, validating that space as a market and stuff. Um, so I, th- I think that's a really exciting time for us. Um, and over the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot more cool stuff come out that like not even sure what it's going to be yet. But I think like, you know, people are working really hard on it right now. And yeah, but even even the current generation of stuff like the stuff that the data that's coming through right now is like way better than like even a year ago or so like heart rate tracking like was not a thing like the old version of april zero i had to like get an iphone app and like put my finger in front of it and it was like checking like once a day or something and now i'll have like every few minutes so like that's like a huge huge improvement already
1: how much um do you play around with some of the like psychological dynamics of this health tracking and mm-hmm. what i mean by that is like uh the activity rings on the apple watch there's mm-hmm. like this sort of psychological component to the wanting slave to slave to the rings, slave to the rings. Like if it's almost full, you're like going to go for a long walk, right? If yeah. if you didn't do your stand up, you're like you're pissed off cuz you missed that hour. <laughs> do you play around with that kind of psychology?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of cool stuff there. It's um that's like the whole software side of it, right? That I think still has to be explored, but is just as important part of the experience as like the sensor that gets those numbers. And so we're, we we kind of have our own take on, like, okay, what how do you do that properly, right? Um, and I think there's going to be lots of different software out there that people can kind of choose from. But, uh, yeah, so, like, when we had some issues with, like, our step stuff not being fully accurate, like, there was a few people who, would like, were really angry about that because they would every day, like, walk and try to get it to be a green circle. And, you know, sometimes we would, like, not update it. And they would oh, walk, no. like, 10,000 steps and they would say, like, they didn't and they... Uh, rightly so they'd be like very annoyed about that but pe- people took that really seriously and like being able to see that there and like have this like instant feedback loop where you like you do stuff and then it shows up there and you can like really change it um it's a really cool experience but it's also a very it's like a really big responsibility it's like okay whatever like number i type in here is like the threshold is now what like this other person like somewhere in the world is gonna actually do um same thing for apple an even much higher scale right if like they decided people should stand up and like everywhere across the world in like 10 minutes, like a bunch of people are going to stand up and it's like kind of crazy that they can just like decide they're going to do that. Um, And so I think that's a good thing. But uh, you know, I think it's also like you really need to decide what you're going to get people to do if you're going to change the behavior. But I mean, companies have been messing with this stuff for since like forever. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just never been for like the good of the customer, whether it's, you know, like games I think have been, you know, constantly like okay you have to get addicted to get the next level and like buy <laughs> stuff um, whether it's like zynga or something like that or like uh, advertising like all these things kind of take advantage of like human emotion like obsessions and stuff like that so i think using it for actually helping your own health is like great and you know more, more companies should do that and there's all this like research out there already and, and you just need to apply it it's interesting that like apple is like yeah, you know, or like computers in general like everyone's like sitting at their desk kind of doing all the stuff and it's unhealthy uh it kind of because of all these devices and so now they have to it's like their moral obligation more to, yeah, to counteract it. like all the damage they've done in the last like 20 years everyone's <laughs> like hunched over on their phone and now like the thing is tell them like okay you should you should go walk huh? have you been in me. a
0: room with a lot of people with apple watches
2: yeah everyone's like. We're like <laughs> i went to a wwc viewing party
0: and half the room stood up all of a sudden <laughs> it was amazing
2: i so i i, I usually don't do the standing the up overlord. thing but um or if I do stand up I'll say it's for like a different reason. Like, well I'm not gonna stand by. I'm yeah. gonna go get some water. <laughs>
0: just stretching <laughs> as you like make sure it logs on your watch. You caught that I stood up though, right? Actually I actually turned them all off the first day, so I I actually don't know how it checks that or if it's like not accurate. Is that a thing?
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh there's some stuff with like the tracking that I think is just gonna forever be broken. Well, maybe they'll figure out someday, but like if you're driving.
2: Yeah. I've got that, that is for
1: that should Apple should know that I'm moving sixty miles an hour, not walking. So like it wants I,
0: you to do the like Titanic thing, where you like <laughs> King of
1: the World. <laughs> yeah, like one, you know, it's, it's a simple thing. Like when I'm turning the steering wheel, yeah. that and it's vibrating because the road. I shouldn't be racking up like twenty thousand steps when I drive three right. hours. Wait, does it really do that? Oh yeah, I well not Amazing. twenty thousand. I have days where my step count is. Huge! My calories burned is huge, and I went for a long drive. Freak out where we went when when we drove to Tahoe. When we went to Tahoe, Hmm. it said I was moving the entire time. Amazing! In reality, I'm passed out in the backseat. Amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen that. I mean, I think there's kind of this trade-off right of their thing is like privacy and not getting more data than they need, and our thing is kind of well, having a little more data lets you give it all, be smart, and (laughs) hey, you're driving or hey, you're at a movie theater like let's not do this thing right now. Um and so you know I think so our view is like kind of there's there's a level of context and an understanding and kind of give me up a little more details um that it kind of takes to to put all this stuff together and like really make these these good experiences right where you don't just do dump like if we had your calendar like we would know much better like when to tell you to stand up or not or like if we know that you're on a plane like we can kind of do some, something differently like you can't go for a walk right now. But, you know, all this requires you giving up a little more information about what you are, kind of putting that in the system, right? So the question is, like, how much do you need, right? Or, like, if we knew your blood levels, like, would that allow us to figure out better, like, what's the right thing to do or not? Um,
1: Yeah, are you encountering much resistance from people that are a little freaked out by this? Basically, you're asking them to give them all this information about their life, right? Are people resisting that at all? Do they just leave?
2: Um. Not really I mean, originally that was one of the concerns, right of like, okay, I built this thing with my data, but do we re- are other people really gonna kind of do that um and I think, you know, I think being like a company with funding and all that stuff helps with that it's not just like some random thing some someone put up someone just
1: super into like digital voyeurism <laughs> um I watch all my customers
2: <laughs> and uh you know a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we are getting isn't actually that like like it's like steps and stuff mm-hmm. like counts of that. Um, So very few people actually have like, you know, detailed location data and stuff like from moves. Most of it's like a run or like a how many just like step counts and stuff. So a lot of the data we're getting isn't uh, that sensitive or it's stuff that's already public. But uh, surprisingly, actually, people want to right now we have the opposite problem. Like people want to put more data and they're like, oh, like I want to I want to like add this and this and that and like my credit card and my my emails and all this. And there's cool data in all these things. Right. So it's like you could see, okay, now I'm hooked and I want to like see everything visualized. Um, so I think a lot of people kind of are in that in that category where there's like, hey, can you integrate with like these other six things that I use? And like you're missing this data about my life and stuff and really just wanting to get all that in the same spot so they can see it. Um, and I think the benefits and, and kind of power of that outweigh like the the like kind of trade off of losing kind of giving that to a third party.
1: From the design side, are there integrations that you don't want to do or are you totally open to all these different kinds of things like email?
2: I think event like our filter is like is it related to you as a person um and and kind of important to your well-being in some way and if so like it's probably something we should try to figure out so there's stuff kind of further on our horizon like you know how much money you're spending or something like that that i think we would want to do but like not not quite right now and there's like cool cool applications of that in the future um, I but that's it's like awesome, much harder to do yeah. and like more sensitive and stuff. Very so I don't sensitive. think we're, we're quite ready for that yet. And like, we're not ready to ask people to do that, but still like a bunch of people actually just want to do it and like asking for that already as a feature. Um, uh, but I think right now we're kind of, so the, the end idea is it's like everything related to you that's like digital and online already that you don't have to actually do anything, um, extra for right now. We're kind of focused more on the subset of like your health and, and your fitness and your life and stuff, uh out of like your whole life um so like your heart rate and your steps and your running and you can go into the gym and all that stuff like how what do we what can we do with that and then your blood levels and your blood pressure and all these other like uh more nuanced details of that like with all that understanding like what can you figure out and so, so that's our main focus right now but we also have other parts that kind of you can't really like bucket that off and be like well that's unrelated to what i do in my free time or everything else right like every, it's just it's you and it's all interrelated and so, you know, I think companies that try to do that are like, hey, this is health and this is stuff we don't care about, are like not really going to be able to do it properly because it's all the same thing. And so, it, you know, I think for most of us uh, and probably pe- most of people listening to this podcast, it's like you spend most of your time on your computer and like working and stuff. Right. So it's like if you don't have visibility into that or you you'd like, oh, that's not related to your health at all. Then like you're not really going to be able to do a good job with that or like there's going to be like a blank spot for like most of your day. Um, do you guys use rescue time? Yeah, so rescue time is one of our uh one of our big Oh yeah, you integrate with them, yeah. Integrations and we get a lot of really cool data. Like, you know, uh when I was like traveling around the world and like going to places like that would show up on the timeline, but then like if I'm just going to work and home and I'm like sitting down for like eight hours, there's like a big blank spot, like what are you doing there? But you're actually doing a bunch of stuff. Um so like rescue time gives us a lot of vis- visibility into that. And so I think, you know, with the right balance of that, like we've kind of got full coverage over your whole life. The other cool thing that's like starting to come out now is like sleep tracking Mm -hmm. uh like and fully automated kind of sleep trackers that you can
1: set up in your bed do you use a sleep tracker
2: i do yeah i have the uh the sense they did kind of a a kickstarter last year and I is that the one on your like nightstand yeah so you put you put a nightstand and there's like a little thing on your pillow um and then it mostly figures out like when you were asleep or not um and it's fairly accurate uh there's it gets it wrong sometimes or like misses when i do naps but it's better than not having any tracking or it's better than like apps where I have to manually do it. So I think that's been like an interesting preview into like what the future of sleep tracking looks like. And there's a bunch of other companies that are working on similar or kind of more advanced versions that like track your heart rate and stuff. So it's
0: uh, like a like a mattress protector style thing, where it's like a fitted sheet under your fitted sheet. huh. Yeah. That's that's, really that's kind
2: of the approach that a few other companies, I think, like Bed and stuff, and there's a new one called Luna and Luna. Um, on, I think I'm yeah. Thinking of. So so they're they're doing cool stuff, yeah, I think over the next uh, we'll probably see those start to come out pretty soon. And, and I'm excited to kind of see the data from there. But the idea is basically all that stuff is just automatic. Like you slide in your bed or you go on your computer. You're not like typing something into an Excel spreadsheet or like entering into an iPhone app. But or even all, just
1: clicking start. Like it just, okay. yeah. you have to do something it manually. Works. It's. You already lost it break because you're asking people to change a huge piece of their behavior. Yeah.
2: But like this it just it's once you set it out like it's working, it's like just there. And then we can kind of build build cool stuff on top of that. Yeah, definitely. Do you
1: track anything, Bryn?
0: I used to. I used to be really into it because I was drinking a lot of caffeine and mm-hmm. getting very little sleep. Huh. And so I would I was trying to like track the difference, see, see where the equilibrium was. So what would you find out? Not a lot interesting i tracked it for eight months but i don't think i had like everything is slightly different so i didn't have really scientific data on this type of coffee versus this type of coffee versus like if i alcohol does that affect it like that kind of stuff so it wasn't truly accurate i don't think and that was disappointing but i felt like i wasted a bit of time are you tracking anything now not really no um i ordered the vessel i want to see like how that works (laughs) out for that experiment
1: when is that gonna come out
0: is it- I don't know. I got the special edition one that's like got like it's like black and gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that's you cool, seen, I assume be you've cool. Seen
2: that. i've seen that i'll be pleasantly surprised if it ever ships but uh it looks really cool <laughs> me too yeah
0: yeah okay do you use rescue chime i did briefly but it kept making me feel guilty even though i knew i was getting stuff done it thought everything i was doing was like wasting time
1: <laughs> you can just change what
2: it is you, you can redo yeah east yeah think slack was unproductive which i guess I, you could argue that either way but uh, yeah, it's, it's like,
0: like when I,
1: it would put like email and i'm like well technically i'm like working at work but is this productive if so i put it as like moderate <laughs> if i have
0: to reclassify things that's terrible like going through and like having to eh, i see what you're saying like mint like if you have to go through and like classify all your transactions i'm like but then it learns. Then it i see better. what you're saying
2: but i think this is a bit different in that you're just saying once like email for me is good or bad not like every time you have to like drag it into the other carrier yeah. anyways mm. okay
1: so you don't track anything at all
2: nope no i don't well you have an iphone i do so that's measuring your heart rate right now
0: i have an apple watch too yeah i mean so your apple I watch is so, measuring yeah. your heart rate in here so non- your i don't How? look at the data
2: yeah no i i agree with that i mean most people don't.
0: i i used gyroscope briefly and then it made me feel guilty for only ever taking four instagram photos let's <laughs> 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 see these hmm. are this is good
1: yeah these are testing right here Interesting.
0: i just plugged in as much data as i could and i'm like this is not good data. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're hoping once kind of things that track more stuff just become more out there, like when you connect stuff, like all of a sudden you'll have like, hey, I've got heartbeats for like a year and like all these stuff rather than just like a blank experience right now.
0: I just mounted a monitor next to my bed and I was like, well, what if I had this displaying like that kind of data in the morning or whatever? I feel yeah. like that would be really neat. I just dude, you I should to hack something. something up. Though. That'd be cool.
1: Hack a little day.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to do you. that.
1: But that'd be cool. It wake would be up, and, cool, but wake up in do the do morning, it. slide <laughs> your screen in front of your face. Here's all. I guess you can do that on your phone. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I'm also curious about Gyroscope from a business perspective because you did raise money. Mm-hmm. What's your plan? Like, what? where is this going as a business? Um, how is? How are you going to be able to monetize this experience you're providing? To Will people? you hook into smart washing machines?
2: Um, <laughs> probably not. But uh, right now our big focus is just getting getting these apps out to... To as many people as possible and i think it uh we're, we're designing something that's pretty broadly applicable to just like anyone who wants to manage their health and their life and kind of could could use these tools so i think there's a pretty big opportunity there um and the hardware that we're kind of building on top of or integrating with is pretty pretty widespread now whether it's the apple watch or iphone or a fitbit and stuff like that so big opportunity there and originally we'd released it as a, as a paid app um kind of before we'd raised much funding um, and, but a few hundred people kind of signed up and were paying for it um, and then we launched and we kind of okay, we this is going pretty well but we want just as many people as possible to to be able to start using this and, and if it, if it's helpful in their life like that's going to be great um, so not making it like a paid thing or so we still have a like a, a pro upgrade that people can do and a bunch of people are doing that and that gives you things like using your own domain name and like some special themes but mostly you can get all, we're kind of just giving it all away for free right now um, and just trying to trying to get as many people as possible, like using it and making it part of their lives. And that's like we raise money so we can kind of go for a few years and just try to try to give it to everyone um, before we really need to figure that out. But so w- one of the obvious things is just like, OK, uh, kind of keep some of the, the new features for, for pro only and kind of get people to to pay for that. And you know, a lot of people right now are, are happy to kind of pay for it and are excited about it enough where um, that makes sense to do. So that's one like obvious thing that we we might do and then the other thing is kind of just partnering with things that we integrate in the hardware companies and stuff Of you know like lots of people were like hey i just bought a fitbit because you guys are uh to to use it on gyroscope because i want to see my steps here and you know or scales and lots of other stuff like specifically just because this is all this and so i think as we get bigger and do cooler stuff we'll see see more of that and you know we're driving adoption to lots of other other things um so, I think there's also cool cool opportunities to to monetize some of that mm-hmm. um but yeah, right now kind of the big big focus is just like, hey, how do we get everyone to in the world to start using this? It's awesome. a
0: pretty big goal, yeah, that's a big goal. So I had one other question. You have such insane visuals on your site. What are you using to design all this stuff? Are you just doing it in code or how does that all come together?
2: um I'd say it's a it's a bunch of like iterations between like sketching stuff out on paper, photoshopping some stuff, coding it and then kind of going back and forth
0: do you use like after effects or anything or is it all designed statically and then
2: most of it's like um d- like just built-in css and javascript and kind of iterated on on like a work- working version crazy um and then like kind of a lot of the stuff we're doing now is also very data driven so we actually need to like put in live data build it like see what it turns out to be and then like kind of iterate from there so, so that's like an extra like constraint and challenge but also potentially cool, like you'll put something together and then like refine it and then like you'll kind of like reveal like the underlying pattern of the data below and then be like, oh, cool. And then you kind of refine the design to like uh, underline that more.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're excited to to see where you go and all the new updates. The new running app looks awesome. Thank you. Cool. So before we go, is there anything you want to plug?
2: Um, No, you guys should, uh, you should sign up for Gyroscope if you're interested in uh, tracking and, and seeing your life. Uh, the website's gyroscope.pe.
1: Link in the show notes.
2: You're at April Zero on Twitter, and yeah, you should follow me on on Twitter. Uh, I'm April Zero because that's my birthday.
1: Cool. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to come on. Thanks for having me. And that was episode 49. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, hit us up on Twitter. We would love to chat, hear your thoughts, uh, comments, critiques, anything you want. We have open DMs. Our handle is at Design Details FM, or you can tweet at our new account for Spec that's at SpecFM on twitter or you can check out our website spec.fm we have a newsletter sign up if you're interested in hearing about new shows so sign up for the newsletter and there's so
0: much more coming than just podcasts there's a lot of stuff coming. there's more podcasts coming too but there's so much more and it's so awesome i'm so excited to show it to all you people before
1: we go We have two awesome sponsors to thank for making this episode possible. First, huge, huge thank you to Code School. Code School is an online learning destination for both existing and aspiring developers. It's going to help you learn how to code through actually entertaining content it feels like you're playing games as you're actually learning to code they have wonderful immersive video lessons with in browser challenges so you're typing along and learning as you go uh, you can learn things like javascript ruby git html and css and ios uh, it's an amazing product amazing service so if you want to learn to code or you already know how and just want to keep increasing and widening your skills go to codeschool.com slash design details for more information and start playing courses
0: today our second sponsor is once again dropbox who make this entire show and network and everything possible uh, we wouldn't be able to get anything done without it <laughs> dropbox makes everything possible the world doesn't exist without dropbox basically is what we're getting at it that's just how it works i don't make the rules okay i don't make with, the rules I'm fine with that, yeah. they're so good they're doing everything right we're in love with their product so if you haven't used it yet i don't know why not go check it out dropbox.com Thank you once again to Dropbox. We'll see you on Monday with Steph Monette and Liam Campbell.